Hello, welcome back, Faith Fire Media. We are back after a hiatus of a few weeks, and man, it wasn't because we weren't doing anything. God is speaking, and we're going to continue with our series, Winning Your Freedom. This is part three. You want to stick around for this. I know so many of us are dealing with bad habits. We're dealing with things that we see as cycles in our lives that we haven't been able to break free from. Things that we saw our mother go through, father, their father, their mother. There are ways to break free and it's all in the word of God. We've been progressively getting to this point and we have more to build on even after this week. Bite-sized chunks so that you can pray, meditate, ask the Lord how you should respond to his word and get free. Look, we're going to dig right in right after the intro now. We're back, Faith Fire Media. I'm Frank Mickens. It's been a while. I missed you. Hope you missed us as well. Thank you so much for all of those who have been downloading, subscribing. We're at around 250 subscribers on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe now and you'll be able to get alerts every time we're on. Also, we have more than 100 downloads on all the various podcast platforms. So thank you. If you're looking for us, if you're watching us on video and you want to download us on your phone, whatever the iPod platform that you use is, we're there. We want you to access this truth in the word of God wherever you are so you can subscribe on our podcast platforms. If you're listening on a podcast and you want to look at us on YouTube, get on YouTube and look for Faith Fire Worldwide Revival Ministries. God bless you. Frank Mickens here. And I am so excited because God is really concerned right now, as he always is, but he's putting special emphasis on the soul condition of the body of Christ. So we're talking about, again, Winning your freedom. Freedom from what? Things that deal with your soul. Things that deal with your soul. The things we say speak about the condition of our soul. So if you're a person that speaks angry words, if you're always in the middle of debates instead of just loving people, if you know your mouth gets you in trouble had a dream recently about someone I know personally and their mouth was getting them in trouble. It's something they need to get healed from, delivered from. Sometimes we need healing. Sometimes we need deliverance. And so God sent Jesus, his son, to come and give us abundant life. That's John 10, 10. It's in the book. It's what the word of the Lord says. And so we should receive that promise for ourselves and not just say, oh, well, I guess I'll always be like that. If you know you're addicted to pornography, you know you can't stop putting down the bottle. If you're a smoker, if you're someone who just can't control your anger, if you're a person that finds themselves codependent with other people, you can't make decisions on your own. Even if you're not married, you're just always just going along with what someone else wants to do, being manipulated. If you're a person that subjects yourself to various kinds of abuse, if you're an abuser, listen, God wants you free from that stuff. And it all comes from the kingdom of darkness. And we need to know our weapons so that we can get free from the kingdom of darkness in the way that it operates. So let's recap real quick. If you don't remember over the last couple of lessons, let's start where we began. And we talked about Satan himself and how the Lord 
Lord calls him the prince of the power of the air. He is in the invisible realm in this world. The Bible calls him the God of this world. Uh, Ephesians chapter two, verse two says that he is the prince of the power of the air, who is the spirit working in the children of obedience. So the th- of disobedience. So the things that don't honor God are a work of the dark spirit, Satan himself and his kingdom. And then we talked about, we moved on and we talked about how he operates in iniquity. Iniquity is his trade. So in the airwaves, he's trading. And we talked about what his what his commerce is, his currency is, is lies. He is one who trades in iniquity, says Ezekiel chapter 28. And in Ezekiel chapter 28, it talks about his commerce and his trade are iniquity. Iniquity, we looked at that word. It means to twist something. And what Satan does he is he twists the truth. The truth is God's word. It is Jesus Christ. It is the promise that Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit have for you. And so he wants to take you out of truth. So then you'll be living less than what God's will is for your life. So if you believe that you'll never change and you believe that lie, well, you're going to live that lie. You can't change it because you don't believe otherwise. And where your heart moves is where your life goes. If your heart goes with a lie, your life's going to be living in a lie. And so we need to change our heart's direction and have it pledge allegiance to the truth and let the Lord work that out. Oh, where I'm not seeing the truth of God's word in my life, that means that something needs to change. I need to repent. I need to turn away from a certain way of thinking. The book of Ephesians says we need to renew our minds. Amen, somebody. And that's part of becoming a living sacrifice and walking with the Lord, walking in the spirit, becoming conformed to the image of his son. All these things we do as believers, we're to come out from among them and be separate, meaning we're not supposed to look like the world. We're supposed to look like Jesus. Amen, somebody. So if you can receive that for yourself, that promise, we're going to move now away so much from how Satan operates and and what Satan does. We needed to get that understanding. And if you don't know all of that, go back and look at Winning Your Freedom Part 1 and Winning Your Freedom Part 2, and you can get a a deeper dive into that. But we want to talk about what do we do now, now that we understand how Lucifer wants to trick us with lies. What do we do? And for that, we're going to go to Joshua chapter 6. And this is a very familiar um, passage of scripture. You probably learned this in school when, or Sunday school. I know I did when I was young. And this is about the wall of Jericho, the wall of Jericho. So here, here we are. The people of Israel have gotten into the promised land. That represents those of us who are saved. We're now in the promise. We're now in the family. We're now in the royal family. Every promise of God is now accessible. The fruit of the spirit is accessible. At any given time, in any given day, for the rest of your days, you should have access to love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, or humility, and self-control. And when you lose control, that means you're stepping out of the promises of God. And that's an area that needs healing. When you step out of love, when you step out of humility, when you step out of gentleness, when you step out of faith, the Bible says, if it's not a faith, it's sin. And so it makes it real plain there, doesn't it? So these are areas the Lord wants us to get set free from. Amen. So the people of Israel are in the promised land, just as we are in the promised land as believers, but they come against a, an obstacle. 
Glory to Jesus. And the obstacle was the, the city of Jericho. And this city had a very prominent wall. It was several, several feet tall. I believe it was 18 feet tall. And it had an upper and a lower portion. So there was an upper wall, a lower wall. So if you get over the lower wall, you still had to get over the upper wall. And it was renowned for being impenetrable, impenetrable, meaning it was impossible to breach, which is where God operates. Nothing's impossible with God. In fact, the Bible goes on further to say all things are possible with God. So we need to partner with God to do the impossible in God's name. And that's what the people of Israel did. They heard from the Lord. They got insight from what the Lord wanted to do. And that's where we're going to where we're going to begin. So uh, actually, I'll tell you what we'll do in Joshua. Oh, I'm in Judges. Let me go back. Judges. Now we're in Joshua. Praise the Lord. So in uh, Joshua chapter six, let's read it. Verse one, it says, now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. So this is what demons do. OK, so when they know you come into the faith, they double down, they shut themselves in and they lock down. They don't want to go. So you can be demonically oppressed. Mental health, a lot of that is demonic. Now, there are natural reasons for things, things in our DNA, which is a result of our sin nature, a result of sin being introduced, introduced into the world. So everything is not a demon. OK, some things are natural, but we can be healed. So in any event, don't don't disqualify yourself from being being changed. You can be healed of something that's a result of your sin nature. Okay. The Bible says Jesus came across someone and they couldn't heal them. The disciples couldn't. And they said it was because this person's mother or father sinned. He says, no, it's because the glory of God will be revealed in him. It was a natural disability. It wasn't demonic. It was something that was a result of a DNA issue, a mutation of some sort. And the enemy wants you to believe that you can't get healed. Some people believe they can't get healed of paralysis. Some people believe they can't get healed of being mute or blind. Those things are not always demonically inspired. They can be, but when they're not, they can be healed. And when they're demonically inspired, you can get delivered or set free from demons. So this is what happens when you come into the promise and you come into faith. You expect things to get easier. Some things do, but a lot of things don't. Those are called strongholds. They're forts, just like Jericho, that are built by the enemy or our own mind in our lives. So if I don't believe that I'll ever stop stealing and I'm comfortable with stealing because I think that's who I am, that's a mental stronghold. I watched my father do it. Oh, my grandfather was a bank robber. This is what our family does. The Hatfields and the McCoys. It's a replication, a cycle, a stronghold. It's something that needs to be Broke, broken down. It needs to be destroyed by the power of God. And so that's what we see here. But listen to what the angel of the Lord says in verse two. The Lord Jesus says to Joshua, yes, this is Jesus pre-incarnate Christ in verse two of Joshua six. It says, and the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. So we're going to we're going to spend the rest of our time just right here. That's just that meaty. We need to have a proper view of our situation. We know that Jesus sees everything perfectly. I really want to comfort you right now. Let's slow things 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 down. You might be aware of the sin issue or the stronghold in your life right now. Holy Spirit is doing that. Someone just can't stop drinking. Someone just can't stop looking at pornography. Somebody just can't stop sleeping around. 
you can't stop hating yourself. You can't stop thinking about the mistake you made 40 years ago. You can't stop spending and shopping. You can't stop stealing. You can't stop lying. Whatever that thing is, let's just take a moment. Acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing that to my attention. And I invite you, if the Lord has not brought it to your attention yet, just take a moment now with me in silence for a few seconds and let the Holy Spirit say, hey, here's a stronghold in your life. Now, whatever that stronghold is, the Lord wants to heal that. The Lord wants to set you free from that. Now, we don't always know the root issue, but we need to have the right posture toward the issue. Now, a root issue can be something that happened to you that was traumatic. Somebody might have been molested. And so now you find yourself molesting someone else or you were molested. And now you find yourself sleeping around because you have a very different view of sex and sexuality. OK, these things are exchanges going on in the spirit many times. Because you were molested in that trauma, there was something given to you spiritually. You now have been given access to a certain way of life that you otherwise would have never been exposed to. And so now that thing becomes familiar. Okay, that's a familiar spirit. The Bible speaks of familiar spirit, something that is something you're used to. And so you don't think it's abnormal. So sometimes we need the Holy Spirit. We always need the Holy Spirit to give us an unction and reveal to us a stronghold in our lives that we've allowed because we just didn't know it was a stronghold. We thought it was just a bad habit. We just thought it was something. You ever heard somebody say this? Oh, I'll stop when I want to. But they never do. That's a stronghold in their life. And that might be you. But listen to what the Lord says. These are the words of Jesus it says, and the Lord said to Joshua, see, let's just stop there. See, what do you see when you see your issue? Do you see it like Jesus? I really want to comfort you right now because I know this could be tough and I want to just really quiet down and not be so preachy, so to speak. <laughs> right. No, seriously, I really want us to take our time in this area because it could be scary. Because when we see our destitution, see our sins, see our mistakes, see our imperfections, we can begin to identify ourselves with those things as if they make us less valuable. But Jesus knows you. He knew you before you were born. He knew you'd be where you are right now. He knows your frame. He put you together. He saw your future. He's in your future right now. He's not bound by time. And he sees you beyond where you are. Can I just encourage you right now? You need to know the thoughts that the Lord thinks toward you. Write down Jeremiah 29, 11. We're going to read it. I didn't know I was going this direction, but I just feel like I really need to allow us some space to hear the voice of the Lord. So we'll have courage. Well, we need courage to face these strongholds so that we're not familiar with them and we just think, oh, this is just normal. This is how I'm always going to be. No, that's not Jesus's will for your life. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Amen. Jeremiah 29 and 11. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. And then he describes his thoughts toward you. These are the thoughts he thinks toward you. He sends these thoughts your direction and you can catch these thoughts for yourself. 
You can receive these thoughts Jesus has about you and receive them for yourself and allow them to crash every idle thought you've had about yourself up until this point and let his thoughts replace your thoughts about yourself. Listen, he says, I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace. The Lord doesn't want you to be out of peace ever. I just mentioned that as one of the, the pieces of the fruit of the spirit. Peace. Peace is a place of ease. Jesus wants you to have peace. So even in the light of your imperfection, even in the in light of your dissatisfaction, even in light of your failures, you might call them that. Jesus doesn't call them that. He says, that's my son. The Lord, the father says, that's my son. That's my daughter. Jesus says, that's my sister. That's my brother. He, she, they're the ones that I, for the joy, died for because I want to be that close to them. I want them to be with me in heaven. I want them to be with my spirit right now. Holy Spirit is close to them right now because I sent my spirit to them. He doesn't just want you to have peace. He wants you to know that he has thoughts that are not evil towards you. Jesus has never thought a negative thing toward you ever. He's never said, oh, man, they'll never figure it out. He's never said, oh, man, listen, we read the scriptures and we filter them through our experience. So if you believe that about yourself, that Jesus is disappointed, then when you read certain scriptures, you'll be like, well, yeah, Jesus was disappointed with them. Listen, there are times you can read scripture and the Lord might say, oh, you faithless generation, how much how much longer will I bury you? And you'll be like, man, Jesus was so disappointed. No. Jesus knew what would happen before it happened. Jesus is trying to get their attention. And so sometimes when he's getting our attention, we can see that instead of conviction, we see that as him saying we're not valuable anymore or that he thinks of us the way we think of ourselves. And he says right here, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil. He didn't say, well, every once in a while I do think Think evil thoughts towards you. No, no, no. She says not of evil. And then he says to give you a future and a hope. There's always hope because Jesus is thinking thoughts of hope towards you. And right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that we're grabbing hold of your thoughts of hope. Somebody is dealing with anxiety right now. Somebody is dealing with failures that they see as just insurmountable. Horrible things you've done. You know they're horrible. But the Lord knows you. And he has a plan for all of that. The enemy wants you to stay stuck in a stronghold. A stronghold is a place. It's a fort with a wall around it, just like Jericho. And he doesn't want you to get out. He built that wall around your mind. And you've agreed with it at some point and said, oh, yeah, that's true about me. I'll never change. I'm always going to be like this. Oh, what that person did to me, they changed me forever. It's their fault and, you know, never change. But the Lord has thoughts of good towards you and not evil. Thoughts of peace that will bring you to a future and a hope. There's a future for you. There's a life beyond this. You'll get beyond this. That's the word of the Lord. Let's go back to Joshua 6. So let's look at what Jesus says again to Joshua. They're facing an insurmountable wall, a stronghold, Jericho. And he says, see, the first words were see. He's saying, see, open your eyes. 
And God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that our eyes, the eyes of our understanding right now will be enlightened, that we might know the hope of our calling and the riches of your inheritance in the saints, that we'll see how how rich you are because you have us, that we are your inheritance and you value us as your possession. Glory to God. You know that Jesus loves you so much that he thinks more highly of you than he thinks of himself. What do you do when you redeem something? You you take a coupon to the store and you give them a coupon and you pay less for something than what it's worth. God sent his son to redeem you because he sees you even more valuable than being with his son and without you. Do you believe that about yourself? Pray on this. Meditate on these. These are the words of the Lord. The Bible says we should esteem each other as better than ourselves. And the Lord will never ask you to do something that Jesus did not do. Jesus washed his disciples' feet in John 13. And one of them's name was Judas. He still knelt down and washed Judas's feet. He still saw him as valuable. He still saw him as more valuable than his reputation as the son of God, the Messiah. He knelt down, which is a sign of what? Humility and service toward the person that you're kneeling before. And he washed the dirty feet of Judas and he knew that Judas wasn't going to change and he still did it. So even if you don't agree with this teaching, Jesus is still washing your feet. Man, let's not leave that on the table. If Jesus is washing our feet, let's get every ounce of blessing out of his service to us. Amen, somebody. So he says, see, in verse two, Joshua six, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. The king is the strong man that's been trying to keep himself reigning over your mind, reigning over your life with pornography, reigning over your life with anger, reigning over your life with the way you can't stop cursing, reigning over your life with how you just always seem to throw raunchy parties and people are like, man, I thought he was a Christian. Just he's the king of your heart in this area. But Jesus says, see, I've given that king into your hand. And he says, and the mighty men of valor, all the little demons that work to keep that king seated on the throne of your life. Jesus says, see, I've given them to you. I'm going to end right here. I hope you will come back next week. I pray that Jesus Christ will work in you between now and the next time we meet and he will bring you to the end of yourself and say, why can't I believe Jesus set me free from this? Why would I agree with a nasty king? Why would I do that? Why would I allow? Oh, let me go back here here on the on the uh, on the uh, Faith Fire video podcast. I clicked on the wrong thing. Hey, no one's perfect. Amen, somebody. But our topic, again, winning your freedom, part three. And by the time we come back next week, I'm believing you're going to be so ready for freedom because you're going to see how Jesus sees that this demonic stronghold, that strong man in your life is nothing in the sight of God. If we just agree with the Lord, admit and confess our fault, And then turn away from it and say, Lord, set me free, man. And we refuse to agree with those lies the enemy sows into our heart, such as, oh, doing this is more satisfying than serving God. 
doing this that pleases my flesh, pleases my body, pleases my friend, pleases my girlfriend, pleases my husband is more important. It gives me more peace than honoring the Lord. That's a lie. The enemy is always going to tell you the thing that is satisfying to your flesh is more important and more satisfying than what satisfies your spirit. That's how he keeps your soul in bondage. And so I want you to see, says the Lord, I have given Jericho, its king and the mighty men of valor into your hand. It's at your command, y'all. You have authority in your faith to, to use the word of God, the power of God to get free. Between now and the next time we see you, I pray that you will fall into his loving arms. Hear him caress your soul and say, it's okay. Everyone has sinned and I came to give you life and life more abundantly. I came to set you free. I pray that this message blesses you and we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.